0: You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. Maybe there's an addiction that you are honestly dealing with. That addiction is not fake, but that addiction does not control you and is not your future. He is a liar. And there has to be a confrontation between the things that the enemy is speaking to us in the areas of opposition and the truth of what the Holy Spirit is saying. There has to be a confrontation. All right. Settle down, pastor. All right. All right. So, that, so also, the, one more thing to consider that we're going to keep going through this because I want to give you some keys about how we do this. All right. This isn't my main point. <clears throat> in Ephesians 6, we see this. I believe it's verse 13, 12, where Paul writes and he says, Listen, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers in high places. Sometimes, when the enemy comes against us, there's opposition from the enemy. He will direct it through, it seems like, through a person. Because the enemy knows that breaking a relationship and causing us to get out of the love of of the Lord, getting out of the love of Jesus, will break relationship. And when he's done that, he's won. That is why Paul, the Holy Spirit, used Paul to write that. You don't wrestle no matter what. No matter if somebody is saying something, No matter if somebody is twisting the truth. No no matter if somebody is trying to hurt you. No matter what it is. You are not fighting against that physical person. But there is a principality. A power. Something coming from the liar. The one who has always lied. That is trying to break relationship. Why? Because when we break relationship. We are getting out of the fundamental pathway. Of how God shows his love to us. If the enemy knows that he can break the pattern of love that we have been called to give one to another, even though we are not being loved, he has won. He has won. All right, so let's, let's keep going. That's just a little warm-up, all right? We're just warming up. All right, so she following him around. Eventually, Paul looks at her, and the Bible uses this word. Some of your translation says he gets annoyed. I love that. I just love the kind of what that makes me think of. Like, he just kind of got fed up with it. But he's not mad at her. He is mad at the spirit within it, within her, that demonic spirit, and so he casts out the demon. The scripture tells us that it came out straight away. He didn't have to wrestle with that demon. He said, In the name of Jesus, come out. The demon came out. That's pretty amazing. Unfortunately, it resulted in some very devastating effects for Paul and Silas because this girl was owned. She had a master, she was a slave, and the master used this girl to make money. And now all of a sudden, now that that demonic spirit is no longer in her, then that that thing cannot be used for profitability. And so, that slave owner is out of money. He's lost his profit, and he goes bananas. And he wrongfully accuses Paul and Silas of something, and they take Paul and Silas into custody, they, they beat and they attack Paul and Silas and they throw Paul and Silas into prison. Now at this point, you would think that Paul and Silas would slightly, if I was in their shoes, I would be a little bit unglued. But the scripture doesn't read like that. Instead, it gives us this impression and this understanding that Paul and Silas held it together, at least in their spirit, even though their body was beaten and, and bruised, and they were physically imprisoned. Instead of echoing their, their, their disdain for these people and, and maybe cursing the city of Philippi and asking God's vengeance to come down upon Philippi and upon this, this slave owner and upon the officials that wrongfully imprisoned them, That's not what they did. Instead, the Bible tells us they did something completely different. What the Bible tells us in Acts 16 is that about midnight, as they were praying and and singing hymns or praising God, something supernatural happened. A natural phenomenon related into a supernatural event. An earthquake shook. And the Bible says this, that the doors of the prison cells came open and the, the stocks that all of the prisoners were in, came off. Now here's where the supernatural part actually kicks in. And this is what's interesting, because we would go, yes, this is the wind. God came through with the earthquake, free at last. We are free at last. But what Paul and Silas defies our typical understanding of what at least I would do, maybe you would do, because if it was me, I would be bolting for the door. I would be like, let's go, zip, 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 like Fred Flintstone. You ever remember Fred Flintstone? He starts moving his feet and dust comes up and then all of a sudden, you know, that would be me. But they don't do that, do they? No, because what they recognize is this, is that the jailer, the one responsible for the care of the prisoners, immediately comes under great anxiety because he knows that if the prisoners are gone, it means his life. So he takes his sword. And he's going to kill himself. But Paul yells out and says, don't. And he makes this powerful statement that I think is entirely supernatural. He says, none of us. None of us. Not just Paul and Silas, but everybody else. None of us are gone. The scripture tells us that that man came in and trembling threw himself at Paul and Silas' feet. And the first question out of his mouth was this. How? What must I do to be saved? And Paul and Silas lead this man, not just this man, but his entire family to Jesus that evening. That is a supernatural act that we see here. So what's the point? I believe that the Holy Spirit is giving us some keys on how to stay in a place of victory no matter what situation that we find ourselves in. And that's what I want to give you this morning. And so I want to encourage you just to take some notes on this. Some of these are extremely practical and some of these are just things that we have to trust and dig into the Holy Spirit to do. The first one is this. Is understand that discipline unlocks strength. Discipline unlocks strength. What I love about this, what I love about the book of Acts is that we read it, and something that I say over and over and over again is this, is that the apostles, the disciples, the Christ followers in this book did not start worshiping Jesus when they were in the middle of a crisis. And church, if we want to wake up to the true source of the strength that we have in the Holy Spirit, it comes in this, that we have a daily discipline of spending time with the Holy Spirit. I love that this story starts off with this truth is that they were going to pray, that they had a habit in their life of prayer and worship. It did not start when they got in the jail cell. This was something that they had a habit of, they had practice of in their life. And if you want to find the source of your strength in the Holy Spirit, then spend time with Him every day. Spend time with Him when things are great. Spend time with Him when things are okay. So that when the times of trial come, you will know what to do. Because I can promise you this, I know that I've been sidelined and I've talked to many other people, believers who have been sidelined, who have not made a discipline, a habit of spending time. Holy Spirit that when the storms of life come and you attempt to do that it seems feeble and weak. And what takes place is this is sometimes that gets out of line, out of alignment. But when we get in tune with the Holy Spirit and begin to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and begin to understand it, learn how to be obedient, learn how to worship in intimacy, that we stay connected into these things on a daily basis, what happens is it becomes natural for us to do that even when the storms of life come. What does that mean? That means this, some very practical things that we hear a lot of, but we have to consider and really put these into our daily habits. We need to stay connected to the Word. You need to stay connected to the Word. You need to get the Word in you. I'm going to prove this to you in this story in just a second of what the Word plays in our times where we are going through sticky times or hard times. You need to stay connected to prayer. You need to understand and be able to hear the voice of the Lord. To know the voice of the Lord. To hear Him when He speaks. To stay connected to praise. To pray in the Spirit. If you pray in the Spirit, then pray in the Spirit on a daily basis. Don't wait for Sundays. Spend some time every day, even if it's a minute or five minutes, praying in the Spirit. Fill yourself up. Encourage yourself in the Spirit. Create the discipline. Encourage yourself in spiritual things that speak the truth of God about your future. If what you're listening to on the way to work or in your downtime is stuff that is not building you up, I can promise you it is what you will go to when it hits the fan. Let me be blunt country music in a time of hardship has never picked anybody up. We all agree. Sad songs make you cry, baby. You know what I'm saying? And so when you are filling yourself up, you've got to fill yourself up on things that spiritually, keywords spiritually encourage you. Podcasts, books, worship songs, people, man, connected to the right things. If your status of what you're connected into is, is filled with just Eeyore, right? Y'all remember Eeyore? Oh, poo, I don't know. My tail's on crooked. I don't think we're ever going to get the honey, Right? If all you got is Eeyores and all you're listening to Eeyores and all you're reading is eors, guess what? When it hits the fan, you're going to act like Eeyore. <laughs> it's not going to work out. Right? Set the daily discipline. The discipline unlocks strength. Number two, understand this. Is that when you're following God, God's plan, there's always going to be a little bit of resistance. There's going to be some resistance. But here's what you have to understand. First is don't be scared. Don't be scared of resistance. Because God is always greater than the attempt of the enemy to launch fear, anxiety, or distraction in your life. I've heard believers say this from time to time, that when they hear the plans of God in their life, prophetically oftentimes, that if there is not a discipline of connected in, this is why this is so important, that first point is so important, of being connected into the Holy Spirit and being able to hear His voice, being in the Word, praise, worship, encouraging yourself, praying in the Spirit, all those things are so significant. It's because when God Unlocks and unfolds and reveals the prophetic things about your future. Remember, He speaks future. I've heard believers say, I don't know, I don't, I'm, 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 I'm a little scared because I know the enemy's going to come against me. And all I'm telling you is that that's a half truth. Yeah, sure, the enemy might come against you, but you're not acknowledging the one who spoke to you. You're not acknowledging the power of the greater one who spoke to you. You're not acknowledging the power of the one, Jesus Christ, who has overcome. The purpose of resistance is not to define you, it's to refine you. You're going to have resistance, but resistance will not define you. God has, and I hate cliches, but I'm throwing this one in here. And I want you, if you write down, write this down. Because here's the thing, a lot of times when we feel resistance, what we are doing and what we subconsciously do is that we are allowing it to define us. We are allowing it to define our future. But resistance has never been in our life. The the Lord never allows resistance from the enemy to define us. It is always an opportunity for His power to be displayed. It is an opportunity to refine us, to show a truth about who God is, that He is greater, that He is faithful, that He is the victor, the redeemer, the sustainer, the one that is the lifter of our head when we hit the low moments, It is always an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to refine us. We choose to trust God in the midst of resistance. We prove what the Holy Spirit is saying about Jesus in us. All right, number three don't fight the wrong fight. Don't fight the wrong fight. I touched on this already, but I want to touch on it again. No matter, no matter, no matter, if the distractions and the oppositions that you face come through or from people, you have to remember that it's a spiritual fight. It's a spiritual fight. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers in high places. And why this is important is because it determines how we fight our battles. How we fight our battles. If you believe that you're fighting against a person, you're going to isolate. You're going to withdraw. You're going to pull back. You're going to attempt to use some kind of fake spiritual thing to bind people. And there's nowhere in the Scripture that God has given you authority to bind people. It doesn't exist. You can't bind people's mouths. You can't bind people's wills. You can't do that. And some people, when they don't understand this very important principle of understanding what fight you've been called to fight, will get into the wrong place in their head and in their heart and even in their spirit, where they will begin to attack people spiritually. And that's simply foolishness. And in that position, the enemy wins. But when we understand that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and 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 rulers in high places. This is what happens: is that we begin to unclench our fists and we begin to offer the fight back up to the Lord. And the position of authority that we have in binding and loosing is this: is that we can bind spiritual things. We can bind the forces around some of these things. You can begin to release the healing of God in somebody's life who is broken and is acting out of pain. You can begin to do that. You can begin to pray that way and ask the Holy Spirit to move. And when you do that, it keeps you in a place of love. It also keeps you in a place of being connected. Because what happens in the goal of the enemy when we begin to wrestle with flesh and blood is that the lie slips in that you can't trust people. And when that lie slips in, you withdraw, you withdraw, you withdraw, and you withdraw until finally you're a hermit. And you will not grow to what God has called you to be as a hermit. It's impossible. Fight the right fight. Fight the right fight. All right. Now let's talk about the good stuff. Let's understand how power and praise affects The situations of our life, every situation of our life. This doesn't just apply to the times of opposition and those times, but it applies to even the good times. All right. The Bible tells us that Paul and Silas were in a time of prayer. And I want to talk about a couple aspects of prayer. A couple positions of prayer, really quick. Just write these down, all right? I know I'm giving you a lot of information, but please write this down. Listen to the podcast. Get this in you. Get this in you. Get this in you, please. The first aspect of prayer I want to talk to you about is the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith. I believe that Paul and Silas were praying the prayer of faith. What is the prayer of faith? The prayer of faith is simple. It's rooted in the Word of God. It is centered around God's ability and not our situation. This is why you need to be in the Word. Because you cannot pray the prayer of faith unless it is anchored on something greater than you. It has to be anchored in the Word of God. That's why you got to know the Word. So the prayer of faith is anchored in the Word of God. It is centered on God's ability... On the truth of who he is and the truth of what he says, and not on your situation. You have to pray the prayer of faith. The second one is this: is the prayer of petition. And this is something that you hear a lot of uh, grandmas and grandpas talking about, and great great grandmas and great grandpas. If they're in the, church, I'm in and out, huh? A little bit. I'll try. I'm a, it's probably because I'm moving. I'm going to be still and stay in one spot. (laughs) All right, everybody drink some coffee. All right. The prayer petition is praying until you receive what, what, what old school we would say is breakthrough, but it's the peace of God. And I believe this is what Paul and Silas were doing as well. The prayer petition is something that God just really, he, and it's, it's, it's one of those mysteries, what I call a mystery. Because it's not that we're begging God, but we're not stopping until we've received something. The Scripture actually tells us this, ask, seek, and knock. Whoever asks, whoever seeks, whoever knocks will receive. And so we pray until we get the peace of God. And I want to tell you something that helps go a long way in this, is when you pray in the Spirit. When you pray in the Spirit, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, when you pray in the gift of tongues, if you have that, if you don't, don't worry about it. If you want it, receive it. Because when you pray in the Spirit, you're not praying in your understanding. And part of this idea of the prayer of petition is this, is that you don't know the words to say. But when you pray in the Spirit, the Spirit of God is praying through you. And trust me, when I tell you this, I've seen this in my life, I've witnessed breakthrough from this, that when you pray in the Spirit until you get the understanding, there will be the peace of God that follows it. I want to just challenge each one of us with this truth to begin to those, especially those difficult areas that we are asking God for breakthrough, to begin to lift up the prayer of petition. Now listen to me, when I say this, the prayer of petition is not you pray until you get what you want. That is not the answer. That is not what this is. This is praying until you get the peace of God, because the peace of God is probably better than what you want. When you're going through a difficult situation, listen, come on, let's go back to Paul and Silas and their situation. They were probably like, did we hear God right? Were we supposed to be in Philippi? Yeah, we were. Remember Lydia, right? Remember, this is what he said. Okay, come on. We know we're supposed to be here, Silas. Come on. All right. Okay, we're good. Man, maybe we shouldn't have cast that demon out. Maybe we should have just went to the other side of the street or gone and done something else or go to a a different part of town where she wasn't. No, this is where we were supposed to be. Let's just pray until we get free. Do you know that God had already released Paul out of prison twice before this? And so the mode of operation for, for him was this. God moves and I'm free. But I can promise you this. As the prayer petition was offered up, the peace of God filled them. And they understood that maybe the liberation of a cell, out of a cell wasn't the answer. There was something greater that needed to happen. He prayed to get the peace of God. All right, the next is the prayer of Thanksgiving, and this is a prayer centered around the truth and the overcoming work of Jesus. What He's accomplished for us—it's not in the now. It is not in the situation and the storm that you're walking through. It is in the perspective of heaven. And this is a prayer of maturity. Because this is the prayer that says this. Father, I thank you that no matter what storms come my way, I'm in you and you're in me. And that if I face persecution, I'm in you and you're in me. If I taste death, I'm with you. I thank you that you are the one who's overcome. I thank you. And it's not based in the now, the situation, but it is based in the reality of heaven. It's the prayer that goes like this It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. Paul and Silas didn't just pray, they also praised. What's interesting about this, this word here, again, that echoes this idea of this discipline is this, is that it's in a rare case in the original language, what's called the transitive case, which means this, both then and now. When we read that word, it's the understanding is that somebody telling a story and saying they were in praise, but also saying they are in Praise. That they were a people of praise, that they had the discipline of praise, that it was not just something they did, but rather an overflow of their life. And here is where we seem to see the, 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 the victory that took place with Paul and Silas as they stood in an attitude of praise. But the question I have is this: is, what songs were they singing? What were they saying? And I want to give you something that I found just incredibly interesting, and this is a phenomenal study, and if I've never given homework in all of the years I've preached, but I want to give you some homework. Because if you get this in you, this is going to unlock the power of praise in you. Friends, listen, when we sing the songs that we sing this morning, if it doesn't, if you're a believer, if you trust in Jesus and, and you are docile, there's something dead in you. I love you. Nobody fight me after church, alright? There's something that's got to move you. We're talking about the living God. So some scholars believe this, that what they sang was this. It's called the great Hallel, which is where we get the word Hallelujah from. And it comes from a specific set of scriptures in the Psalms. As a matter of fact, it's Psalm 113 through 118 and then Psalm 136. Write that down. Psalm 113 through 118 and then Psalm 136. I want to read these to you and see if they don't get you excited. I'm going to read a couple of portions of this. In Psalm 113 verse 4, it says, "This "...the Lord is exalted over all the nations." His glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God? The one who sits enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the from the ash heap. He sits. He seats them with the princes, with the princes of his people. He settles the childless childless, childless woman in her home as a happy mother of children. Psalm one fourteen, when Israel came out of Egypt, Jacob. From a people of foreign tongue, when Judah became God's sanctuary, Israel his dominion, the sea looked and fled, and the Jordan turned back. The mountains leaped like rams, the hills like lambs. Why was it sea that you fled? Why Jordan did you turn back? Why mountains did you leap like rams, you hills like lambs? Tremble earth at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the God of Jacob who turned the rock into a pool, the hard rock into a spring of water. Now, I want to tell you something. If you're praying for an earthquake, that's the way to do it. (laughs) Remind the earth who created it. Oh, Jordan, why did you turn back? Listen to the beauty and the praise and the majesty of God in these words. The psalmist writes this and says... Look at Jordan. Why did you turn back? Jordan was a river, by the way, if you don't know. Because you saw the Creator look at you and you parted. Earth, why do you shake? Because when the Creator looks at you, you tremble and praise. Oh, come on. Oh, my goodness. Psalm 115. Let's keep going. All right. Verse 1. Not to us, Lord. Not to us, but... Your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. Drop down to verse 14. May the Lord cause you to flourish, both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The high, the highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth He has given to mankind. It is not the dead who will praise the Lord, those who will go down to the place of silence. It is we who extol the Lord both now and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Psalm 116. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy because he turned his ear to me. I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. As I was brought low, He saved me. Psalm 117, praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol Him, all you people, for great is His love toward us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Ah. Psalm 118, verse 1. I've never advocated running around a church or jumping on chairs, but I think today could be a good day. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good and His love endures forever. Verse 5, When hard pressed, I cried to the Lord and He brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I will look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Verse 15, shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteousness. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. Psalm 136, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. To Him alone does great wonders. His love endures forever. Who by His understanding has made the heavens, His love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters, His love endures forever. Who made the great lights, His love endures forever. To The the sun to govern the day, His love endures forever. The moon and stars to govern the night, His love endures forever. Verse 23, He remembered us in our low estate. His love endures forever and freed us from our enemies. His love endures forever. He gives food to every creature. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. I don't know what they sang, but I'm telling you, if they sang this, they had church. I can promise you the Holy Spirit was there. I would imagine that they probably quoted from some of these scriptures as they sang praise because they didn't have Hillsong or you, you know, Bethel. They didn't have those songs yet, so they were pulling from the scripture right there. And as they sang these songs and as they prayed in the Spirit and as they prayed the prayer petition and the prayer of faith and the prayer of thanksgiving and as they encouraged themselves in the Lord, I can only imagine that that environment had to shift. The last point is this. Justin, you can come on up, man. We're going to take communion and we're going to just spend some time at the altar. God desires to be glorified in the midst of every situation of our life, high and low. This is what I love about the Bible. This is what I love about this story. Is that the book of Acts isn't filled with all the sweet, fluffy stories. It's not filled with just all the supernatural events that involve the very clean-cut two-hour services. It doesn't just have the revival services in there, but instead, it has these stories. Matter of fact, the whole Bible does. And there's a reason for that. Because it just echoes this powerful truth that God wants to be glorified in the midst of every situation of our life. And here's what happens as we praise. And why I would just give you this that one of the biggest keys in overcoming and being an overcomer and seeing the overcoming work of the Holy Spirit in every situation of our life is to praise is because as we lift up a praise to God, the Bible tells us that He is seated in those praises. And it's an opportunity for Him to show up and to show off. That He glorifies Himself in the midst of the praises of His people. And so when you're in a situation, whether it's opposition, a situation a difficult moment, a moment where you feel in a rut, or maybe even just a good moment. Why praise is so significant is because when we begin to lift up the praise that God has put on our lips and glorify the One who deserves glory, is that He fills the room. And when He fills the room, Everything else has to go. God isn't going to share His glory with anything else. And so when we exalt His name and we praise His name, it's an opportunity for Him to become first to begin to move in our lives. And I'm not sitting here, standing here and telling you, That every situation you walk through, there's not going to be difficult moments. Or because you praise and you worship and you set your heart in the right place and you create a discipline, that those situations won't still exist. But here's what I will promise is this. Is that the peace and the joy and the future of God will be in you. And wherever God is leading you, will always be greater than whatever the enemy has attempted to get you stuck in. This morning, as we come together and celebrate communion around the table, I want to Pray for several things, and this is a time between you and the Lord, but I've been really enjoying our time of being able to just pray for people and lay hands on people, our ministry team being able to do that. There's something so powerful and significant about that. But some of you this morning, you feel like you have been oppressed by the enemy. You feel like that thing is like, choked you out. The enemy's tried to choke you out. And if that's you this morning, I want to pray for you, because I think there's going to be deliverance. Now let me be very clear, because I know sometimes, depending upon your background, if you have confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord, you cannot be filled with a demon. I don't care what you've read on a website. I'm telling you, they can't coexist. If you confess Jesus Christ, you are Lord. But there can be opposition around you that feels like it is strangling you and keeping you in a place where you are stuck in the present and you can't hear the future. You're being harassed. Well, it's just simply time to get annoyed with it. I want to pray for you. I want to pray deliverance. I want to pray that the lies of the enemy would shut up and leave. And that the future of God would be present in your life in a powerful way. And some of you this morning you to say, listen God, it's time for me to just begin to lift up a praise. And what your response is this morning as that you're here. It's, it's you don't take communion, you don't bolt out the doors. If you've got to leave, leave. But listen, you spend some time in praise and you invite the praise of God in the midst of the situation or you begin to take a posture in prayer where you begin to pray the prayer of faith. Maybe your words have been centered in things that what you see in the now, but you've got to center them in heaven and begin to thank God for who He is in you and what He is doing. Begin to anchor your faith in the truth of the Word of God. Begin to spend some time praying in the Spirit. Listen, I want to tell you something. I am simply just not interested in church where we sing songs, I get up and speak and you leave without there being a necessary move of God that needs to happen. And I'm not saying that everybody here has got to do that. But I'm saying if you're here this morning and that's you, don't leave. Just simply don't leave. Why? Because the enemy's not going to leave you alone. Nor will the grace and the mercy of God leave you alone. And there's nothing more difficult for a believer to live in is the conflict of knowing what God is saying, but yet being harassed by the enemy. It's time to be free. If I can have the ushers come and prepare the tables. I'm going to need some of the ministry team up here as we take communion. And let's just make some space up here for God to move and if you need prayer you're saying look I'm just being harassed by I feel like I'm being harassed by the enemy I don't care maybe you're not but I don't care I want to pray for you because I'm not just going to rebuke the enemy I'm going to speak the future of God in your life we're going to pray and speak the future of God in your life oh that's fun Some of you need to go home and just read every day this week, Psalm 113 through 118 and 136, every day this week. And just let it be your praise. Let it be your praise. All right, let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, the overcomer. Thank you, Jesus, the overcomer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Oh, Jesus, I thank You that You were with Him at the beginning, and You opened Your mouth, and light came into being. Oh, that the heavens and the earth were created at Your words. I thank You, Jesus, At Your mouth, the Jordan parted, the sea, the Red Sea parted. Oh, that You brought Your people into freedom. I thank You, Jesus. That at the cross, that sin was defeated for us. And we trust in what You did, Jesus. Today, this is fresh for us today. That as we come up and we receive communion, that we receive what You did through Your broken body and Your shed blood. We thank You, Jesus, that You overcame death for us. And You overcame sin for us. But we thank You that Your blood provides for us a future and a hope. A new covenant. Oh, thank you, God of gods, that you dwell in us. That you dwell in us. And so, Holy Spirit, you just begin to release future and hope. And we silence and we bind the lies of the enemy over every person. And over every every opportunity the enemy has tried to take to harass, to hinder the future of God inside any person here in this building in the name of Jesus, we break that authority and we release. Holy Spirit, your future, your plans, your hope, in Jesus' name. Would you come to the table now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's what I want to do to close this service out. I want us just, I want you to put your hand on your chest. And I want you just to declare the future and the promises of God over yourself. I want you just to begin to prophesy the goodness of God over your life. Maybe it just lines up with the scripture that we read when we read, said, God, listen, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to exalt You. That exalting You is for the living. That You are the One who gives life. That You are the One who gives future. I want You just to begin to declare the future of God over your life. No matter what situation you're walking through, begin to declare the future of God over your life. Father, I thank You that You're greater than this storm. I thank You that You're greater than what's hit me. But I thank You, God, that You are calling me into a place lord of life i thank you father for the gifts of god that exist within these people and father we just begin to say holy spirit just begin to just light those things up begin to stir those gifts up begin to open mouths father god begin to release creativity lord father god begin to just remind folks of dreams that you have given them god and prophetic words that you've spoken over them And so, Father, we begin to speak that future, Your future, over our lives. And we thank You, Lord, for that. Father, I declare Your peace. Father God, I declare Your joy. I declare, Father God, just the freshness of Your mercy and Your grace surrounding every person. Let that be the reality, Lord, of our today and our tomorrow. We thank You, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Okay, I want to do one more thing. Since I know the Lord wants to do some more things. <laughs> You're like, we're going to be late for lubies. I don't care. Cause lubies is no good anyways Alright Alright So I want to just break the spirit of death Over some folks Alright, you don't have to come up for this Just get right, right where you are Some of you that the enemies lie to I see this so much Man, so much So if that's you, just You can do whatever, you lift your hands, put your hands on your heart Just make a move Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, Your your Word says this, God. Your Word says this. So, Lord, we just break the lie of the enemy that is speaking death, that is speaking death, whether it's in their physical body or in their soul, in the name of Jesus, we just break that in Jesus' name. We break that in Jesus' name. We break that in Jesus' name. Now, Father, we just declare Your life. Father, we declare your health, but we declare your life. Father, that we will be a people that worship you in the land of the living, God. Father, I thank you that every day, Lord God, is numbered for your glory. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord, that we have a peace to rest in that in Jesus' name. And so, Holy Spirit, just release your peace. Release life over every person that struggles in that area, in Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Just one more minute, okay, one more minute. Holy Spirit, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Mm. Mm. thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. You're so good, you're so good, you're so good. Just glorify yourself and your people today, Lord. Just glorify yourself and your people today. Or just let the right level of encouragement. Just fill every person here. Some need a top off. Some need their tanks empty. Just let encouragement. Just begin to fill them. Thank you Lord. 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 Thanks Jesus. Thanks Jesus. Thank You, Lord. Alright. Lord, I just pray freshness over marriages that seem dead. Lord, where there's been a pain, where there's been something that's happened, God, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, You begin to heal. You begin to apply, Lord, the freshness and forgiveness over relationships. We bind the enemy. Lord, we bind, Father God, the things that have brought pain. Lord, the hurt from the past, we bind those things in the name of Jesus. Now, Holy Spirit, you just begin to release pain and forgiveness and new life and love and intimacy in the name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.